could you introduce yourself, please? My name is Hussein. I'll just be happy to just say my first name for yes, now. Yes. And um, I'm a Bahraini citizen. I'm living here in Australia at the moment. And yeah. And you had just gave a speech about a village and what were the first martyr yeah. in that um, village. Yeah, so I come from a village in Bahrain called um, Alday. Alday. And it's the village where the first martyr fell down. And on the afternoon of the 14th of February, everybody was very excited about um, you know, the, the Arab Spring finally coming to Bahrain. And people took to the streets in all the villages like it was ubiquitous in most of the villages in Bahrain and the same as every other village uh, people went out in our villages and they were met by like so the village is made up of a long street at the end which is there's a main street and that's where the police were situated and there weren't many police in the beginning because I think they underestimated the amount of people who would come out there was a great number of people so after a while more police came in and they raided the village so they started out by firing some tear gas and then they entered the village using their vehicles of course at very high speeds and the people were dispersed I went back home and we couldn't go out for a while after that we kept hearing like the sound bomb explosions outside and in the evening around like prayer time so around the sunset time um, we started hearing news that we started hearing news that there was a mort and that it was somebody from our village and it was somebody we knew. I had a little interaction with this person. He was a bit younger than me, but he was at the age of my cousins and my brothers, and he was with one of my cousins in school as well. We didn't know a lot about what happened, what had happened to him at that time. But after a while, new information kept coming after like a couple of months and a couple until a year later we kept getting new information about it. And basically what had happened to him is that he was having lunch at home and this is from the like the things that his family had said and they were having lunch at home and he heard the commotion that was going outside and so he stepped out the door to see what was going on and then immediately the right police were outside the door and he got shot he got shot with birdshot and he got injured in his face and he walked back home and he collapsed and he fell down his father claimed that they th- he thought he was joking around like he was pretending but after that, they realized when they saw the blood coming out, of course, they realized what had happened to him. And there were even, like, parts of the story that came out even a year after that, where one of his relatives had said that she heard a conver- conversation between the two police officers who were standing outside the window near the house. And one of them was asking the other, why did you shoot him? The other one just basically replied, whatever, you know, like, it's not important. I don't care w- what means that, like, that it's not important. Let him, let him go, like, it's not... Uh, it's not important, it's not our deal. You know, like, um, it blew over, basically. People were very angry. A number of people, like a huge protest, went to the hospital to take his body, to bring it back to the village. During that protest of people, basically, just like unarmed people, it wasn't even a protest, it was part of our burial rituals. Part of the burial rituals to take the body of a deceased person and to walk with the body to the graveyard. The police came and attacked and another person died during that protest as well. So the next day. And yeah, it just kept happening. Later that afternoon, we went to the roundabout and the rest is history. What is a message that you have for our listeners? Like I said, you know, like I was saying in the speech, like I'll just try to step away from all the politics of it and from all the different demands of the political groups and whatever. And I just want to say that there's a huge humanitarian problem that's happening in Bahrain. Um, 
our villages, we talk to our families, our villages are being raided on a daily basis or a semi-daily basis, at least once or twice a week, you know, with large groups of police officers who have one order, and that is basically to, to cause as much harm as they can to the people. Like, the, the prisons are so full now that they're, they're, they actually catch people, beat them up, and leave them on the streets. They don't even take them in. Like, everything that they're doing, they're doing under the pretense of laws because there are still some international, like, observers from the states. And because of the Fifth Fleet, you know, they're, they're under the spotlight pretty much, so they can't come and do a full-blown massacre or anything like that. But they're doing everything under the pretense of the law. And a lot of people in Bahrain and everywhere else say that, yeah, okay, so there were protests in America, there were protests in uh, Britain, and they were both uh, met with... Um, police intervention, you know, but over the past year we've got more than 80 people who have passed away, according to different estimates. One estimate is more than 80 people. Um, some of them passed away in government custody, you know, because of torture. Some of them passed away due to wrongful use of these weapons that are supposed to be to disperse crowds. And it's just, you know, there's a grave humanitarian problem. And that's something I think that's the most important thing that we need to shed light on, is that these people, they're just asking for their basic human rights and they're being met with all kinds of different aggression. And, you know, it's, it's unacceptable. What sort of response have you had from international agencies like the United Nations Human Rights Commission? Well, from the United Nations and human rights, there has been varying levels of responses over the past period. Again, I'm not an expert, but yeah. according to my knowledge, um, there has been some condemnations, which the people view as little more than just some words that are spoken. They, they don't produce any action. Um, recently, there was a meeting of a number of countries, uh, including European countries, who have um, signed a declaration saying that what was happening in Bahrain is unacceptable and that... Um, the Bahrain needs to implement <coughs> the, some of the um, what is it? some of the BICI, which is the Human Rights Report that was conducted a while ago. It was a government commissioned report, as opposed to the UN um, commission that the opposition groups wanted in Bahrain. And we believe that it didn't show the full extent of what was going on but it shed a light on some parts of it including some um, illegal like um, unlawful detentions and um, some like systematic torture and things like that and it was a government commissioned report and we still have yet to see it was like it's been almost a year since that report has been commissioned and we still have yet to see any of the recommendations of that report being implemented so <clears throat> from the like from the international perspective I guess we haven't seen as much support as we would have liked you know? and especially when you see other places other countries like um, Libya or um, Egypt or um, Syria getting so much um, you know so much light in the press and everything like that I mean just because we're a smaller country and everything's happening on a smaller scale doesn't mean that it's not happening yeah. is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, well Pretty much, um, I just want to say that um, the Bahraini people believe that these things that they are fighting for are worth risking their lives. And a lot of these people are sensible, rational people. They wouldn't risk their lives over nothing. They wouldn't go out in the streets just because they want to be confrontational or just because they want to be violent. But these people are 
genuinely going out in the streets, risking their lives with their children, with their women, with their whole families, um, because they believe in a better future, they believe in a brighter future, they believe they deserve a brighter future. We believe that the people of Bahrain are a good people, we're educated, you know, we want to apply ourselves, but we believe that the government of Bahrain does not deserve the people of Bahrain. We believe that the people of Bahrain deserve much, much more from their government, and we believe that this current government has lost all its credibility, and we believe that it does not want to um, fix anything, and it just wants to stay in power. So, you know, um, that's what we, we want to change. We need change.